Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are tuning in from. Thank you for joining me on another week of the Six Figure Roadmap, and I hope you are having a fantastic Wednesday. Today's interview with Vinny Fisher was incredible. We talked a lot about how to analyze data inside your business to make appropriate decisions, which, you know, in the early stages of your business typically isn't something that you're thinking about. But this interview is going to change that and it's going to force you to start thinking about how to analyze data, how to collect data, how to make appropriate decisions based off of all of those things. And then Vinny talks about the different stages of your business, how to appropriately implement new things, growth strategies so that you do not destroy your business because he has a lot of experience with that. And he also talks about when it's an appropriate time to launch launch certain projects, when to implement a personal brand, and a whole lot more. Vinny is a businessman, entrepreneur, lawyer, author, husband, and father. He's been married for over 20 years to his wife, Debbie, and together they have four children. Vinny discovered a much-needed service for business owners after starting a few successful digital businesses, and in 2014, he opened Fully Accountable, a full-service outsourced accounting and finance firm for digital and e-commerce businesses. He also just recently hit the Inc. 5000 mark in 2019, which is the top 5,000 companies with the most amount of growth over, I think, a 12-month period. Regardless, he has a lot of experience building, growing, scaling companies. He's done it multiple times over, and he has a lot of wisdom And he also has a lot of cool things to give away today. So if you listen to the end of the episode, at the end, he's going to tell you where you can go to get two free books from him, where you can get a complete guide to growing and scaling a seven-figure business, a free 30-minute business review with one of his financial experts, and a few other surprises you don't want to miss out on. So if you want those things for free, literally for free, Just listen till the end of the episode where he tells you where to go to get that stuff. And if you listen to after that, because we are on episode 25, I have something amazing to give away to one of you guys as well. So a lot of cool things to give away, a lot of value for you today. Just listen through to the end of the episode and uh, you'll figure out where to get all that stuff. So before we tune into the interview with Vinny Fisher, Let's thank our sponsor. High Level is the number one automation and text messaging platform for marketing agencies. It's the first ever platform built to manage a business's follow-up to a texting, pipeline, scheduling, and so much more. It's built for agencies by an agency. Some of its features include complete advanced analytics dashboard, automated follow-up campaigns, automated SMS and email scheduling, automatic phone calls, ringless voicemail drops built into a texting, full-featured appointment management, and it replaces the functionality of a lot of different software. They have given us a 20% off discount 
on their agency level subscription inside of our membership. So all you have to do is go to lvrg.it, sign up for the membership, and then you get access to this 20% off discount on high level, which is an incredible tool for marketing agencies. And you get access to a bunch of other deals and discounts as well. So that's high level, 20% off. Go to our membership, sign up and get this amazing deal. All right, let's get into an amazing value packed episode with Vinny Fisher. All right. Welcome back to another week of the six figure roadmap. I'm here with a good friend and very wise entrepreneur, Vinny Fisher. He's the CEO of Fully Accountable and he's here to serve you guys and help you break through to that next benchmark that you're looking for in your business, whether that's six figures a month, a year, a day, an hour, a minute. He has been there. He's built it. He's destroyed it and built it back again. So Vinny, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here. Hey, Cam. Thanks for having me, bud. I, I love everything you're doing. I love this community that you serve. I like this messaging of like getting that six-figure, you know, build up right behind the mindset. So, dude, I, I love you guys. I love supporting you guys. I love that you, we run around in the same world. So, I'm like pro everything you guys do. So, thanks for having me. I feel very honored and blessed. What I want you to do is kind of just, just talk to us about things that you wanted to know when you first got started. We were chatting a little bit before we hopped on here and a lot of what you talk about all comes back to uh, data collection and making sure you put data before decisions and how that has led to you understanding how a business functions. Not to mention you just recently got your Inc. 5000 award. So if anybody listening is like, you know, I've heard all this stuff before. Well, you're hearing it today from someone who's done it multiple times and done it very well. So Will you please enlighten us on on how you go about implementing data into your decision making? You know, I love your question. Like, what would I have told my younger self, right? So I, I'll start with the premise that, you know, most people listening have a maturity cycle of their business that's a little less mature. And, you know, what would I have wanted to know that I now think about a lot that I would love to have maybe had spent a far less or far way less amount of money figuring out is this premise that everything has a data point. So if I can have better data, if someone is producing better data for me, then I'm going to be in a position to make better decisions. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if you can get to that premise, let's back up how I get you there. Like as a marketer, that's what I love to do. I would say my primary thing is writing copy, writing offers, and all these fun things. I know I'm a lawyer by trade and all those things, but I love marketing. And so I would, without data, I had to guess. And so my job was to guess at consumer behavior, guess at people to hire, guess at what was really the offer, guess at who is the audience. And so with today's technology, the access to data is greater now than ever. So in the marketplace we live in, the only reason we aren't using data to make better decisions is failure to implement, failure to implement resources of people to assimilate or review the data or failure to implement because of time, I'm stuck in this habit of not relying on data to make decisions like customer acquisition, employment hiring, 
inventory. And so I would have loved to have been a younger CEO fighting for data points so that I guessed less and made better decisions, not on dreams, but on data. So what are some techniques that you use to gather data for hiring for whatever pivot you decide to make in your company financially? What are you looking for? Yeah, I think that's good. Like each of them have different points, right? And so I, I, I like to look at the life of a business through the honest reality of the cycle you're in and the season you're in. So I like to liken the cycle of a business like growing up as a human. You know, you're a baby. That's a startup, right? You need to be treated way differently as a baby. Like a baby can't feed itself. You got to feed it. It doesn't put itself to bed. An infant, which starts to grow up a little bit, like a, uh, uh, is goes through this adolescent phase where, you know, maybe it can walk. It could probably do some feeding, but it can't ultimately take care of itself. It can't drive itself places. It has no money. It has no economic system. You pull off the reins and, and it, it doesn't work, right? It, it will not survive. It's still in survival mode. Then you have a preteen stage. You know, it talks back a little. It still has cash flow problems. It thinks it can exist on its own. And then, of course, the teenager, right? A business is just mature enough that it has cash and it can get itself into a lot of decisions. First and foremost, I think, and then, of course, a mature adult phase. You got to know what cycle you're in in your business. Without breaking down what cycle you are, it's mature to know that. And maybe at some other time we could break that down for everybody. But I think it's if you can break down baby, adolescent, preteen, teen, and mature phase, and then, of course, death, right? You could see the, the cycle of what a business is in. Each one of those cycles uh, have a different thing. Now, I just want to make sure everyone listening understands the vast majority of businesses are in the adolescent phase. They've never, they're preteen. They've never reached the teenager phase, nor will they ever. In the signs of a preteen company, they have a working offer, they're cash tight, it's contingent upon the operator. If the operator leaves, the business doesn't really exist. You might think of it as very mom and poppy. It's never broken out of the type. That's the vast majority of companies in America is they are mom and pop. You know, you and I working in the business, we're a critical component to the survival of it. And a business never really breaks out of that phase. And so what I would say to that phase business, because that's most of them, is that if you could rely more on hiring better, how do you hire better? Well, what are some data points to hire better? Well, find out about your heartbeat. Like I wrote in our book, it's around here somewhere. I wrote in CEO's Mindset. I wrote, and by the way, I'll give this as a gift to any of your guests. If they write to you, we'd be delighted to send it to them. But I wrote about your heartbeat. You know, if I had a mom and pop business, I'd care about the heartbeat of our company. It's a data point. How do you figure out the heartbeat? It's not like these core values that Apple has and it just sounds good. I'm built a certain way. And so I would have built the core values of our company around me and my heartbeat. Well, in the mom and pop phase, if that set of core values, a data point, I use that as the barrier of how I hire people. Because if I hire that way, then I'm going to have less likely have a heart attack because I haven't hired incorrectly. They look like me. And then you can take that same attitude into profit. 
because I live in a certain industry of accounting, then I should know as an industry standard, what should be the profit margin of our company. It's not about being profitable. It's about a margin that the industry has. And where am I against that margin? Well, that's a data point. If I have these things, I can suddenly make better decisions on the way I want to develop strategy, grow, maintain cash. It literally dictates a growing company's ability to scale. And so it plays everywhere. I never thought like this in business. It, it, the idea of having someone be a data analyst is the function of doing the work. As a mom and pop, you might be your own data analyst. But if you don't believe that the idea of gathering data points is so important to growing the business, who does the work becomes irrelevant because you'll never get the work done. Who does it is a function of time and leverage. But this idea that you get data to make really good decisions isn't just about financials. It's about so many other areas. We can keep picking on them. Partnership, uh, employment, inventory, financials, systems. It plays in all core areas of your business. I'm super curious. I've always wanted to ask people like you and our mutual friend, Tony, one, how has technology benefited you as a business owner in your company? And how has it hurt you as a business owner in your company? I, I would say I, the way it benefits me is how it benefits everybody. That the barriers to entry of starting a business 20 years ago was a lot harder without the tech we have today, right? So especially in the digital and e-commerce world, your barriers to entry are very low. Now, the other side of that is that because that's true for me and you, it's true for other people. So there's more noise. There's more people com co competing for those eyeballs. So on that argument, it goes both ways. So I have to be better about who I talk to, who my audience is, what value I offer, what problem do I solve? I have to be able to clearly articulate that so I stand out from other people who have that same removal of barrier into the marketplace. Now, in addition to that, I'm one other thing screaming in my ear I talk to myself a lot, Cam, so I, you're going to have to accept that. But one of the other things that is screaming at me is automation is a good thing, but it actually is something that should automation, like any technology, a dashboard, anything, is a resource that helps to buy back some of my time. It by itself doesn't solve a problem, All it, 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 unless the problem is time then it's solving that problem. But a dashboard, just to pick on that, doesn't solve the problem of data analysis. I still need someone to read it, assimilate it, have an opinion about it. So I'm scared about how automation automates my autoresponder series in email, because I still need someone to convey story, copy, pain point. Just sending out an automated email doesn't really solve a problem for a customer. But what it does for me is it creates efficiency as long as my messaging is good. So I'm always scared about how automation can make me um, uh, less better in providing value to the customer. And I'm always scared about that in our space. So I love the removal of barrier entry, but I'm also afraid how we hide behind tech and providing um, more value to the consumer. Very, very interesting. I love that outlook. You are someone who incorporates a lot of authentic relationships, even with your team, right? You nurture 
your team, both virtual and in-house, and you're all about creating core values within your organization. For a, a business owner who is still in that infancy stage, how do they get around to start thinking about that stuff without the tangible team helping them grow their company? Because, you know, the beautiful part is we have been really have been gifted with a personality and a certain set of talents that we have. They're ours. They're unique to us. And so, you know, on the, on the back of my shirt, of this shirt I'm wearing, it just happens to be what I'm wearing today, and are, are our three values for our company, caring, committed, and competent. Those are our three core values. But if you actually go onto our website and you look under the about us, about our core values, every description under caring describes me. Every description under committed describes me. Every description under competent describes my bias and opinion about those things. So when I talked earlier about having a heartbeat and who we are, the mom and pop business heartbeat is you. And so right now is the greatest time to go on a journey to figure out those things about you that matter because I'll give you a question. They'll just have it live. Let's do it right on the show. Who gets the most benefit of the doubt in your life? Me. You. And so if you know these things about you, like you'll do it all the time. I always say, oh, people are like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. You'll say stuff like, oh yeah, I didn't get that done today, but I'll get it done tomorrow. But do you talk to your teammates like that? No, you're like, you're disappointed. Like you said you were going to get it done. Why didn't you get it done? Or, oh, I didn't work out today. I'll work out tomorrow. You give yourself the benefit of the doubt constantly. You're like, oh my gosh, I was five minutes late for that. I'm so sorry. I won't do that again. We don't, we, if we're honest and humble, we don't, act like that with anybody else near to the level we act like ourselves with. So if that's true, then what you should do is go on a journey inward to find out what really makes you tick. Because the more you can find out about, you know, things like we can push in any part of our core values and I can easily describe them as to why, then you'll find out quickly like why I, there's no such thing as white lies because it speaks to some critical thing within my caring component. Well, all of that can really has allowed us to be better at hiring people. We're not perfect at it. And we care about effort, attitude, and ability, just like everyone else does. But the heartbeat of our executive team and everyone else down is because they look a lot like me, not in talent. Thank God, not in bald and fat, but like they look like me in personality because of some of our traits, we care about the same thing. We might technically bring other competences to the table, but because I give myself the benefit of the doubt and they tend to have the same heartbeat that I have on the scorecard of data, the way we analyze people, well then we tend to think a lot alike when things go bad on the way we might handle our client or handle a situation. And so I don't have to worry about a lot of gossip in our office because that's a core value that really matters to me about not having. I don't have to worry about a lot of finger pointing because I tend to really hate finger pointing. I don't have to worry about too many of our people taking all the success for it because I believe that you should take most of the losses and let most of your community have the wins. So our, and that is just resonates throughout our culture. And so that comes from you, Mr. Mom and Pop. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. Does that also transfer to the customers you attract? Yeah. I mean, early on, maybe you're just living in this like 
basic needs. You take a lot of customers you may not have taken. We can get in this survival mode where you have to be fed. You know, you might think differently on your basic needs. If you're starving, you're going to think way differently about customer acquisition than if you're not starving. So to me, that's cycle of business. If you're really early on, you might try to take anybody that comes in the door, but later stage, you might have to cycle through improving who you work with because you're no longer starving. You and others that I know, CEOs who are also in the Inc. 5000 branch, right? Who are running successful seven, eight, nine figure companies. It seems to me, and I could be wrong about this, that most CEOs are building their company first and then implementing the personal brand, right? I've seen you, the content you've just recently started creating that has come after you've put in all the work to build your company. Am I right about that? Yeah. So I guess you're, you're, you're spot on. Now there's some dents in that. So I'm happy to point out the dents. One, first off, I am our chief brand ambassador. So you know, me getting out more awareness through a message where I'm speaking about it gives and shines more light on our brand. So I think it's a strategic thing to do when a business is capable of growing uh, at a more exponential rate, having that brand ambassador can only help speed that up. So strategically that belongs there. And I think that's a really great answer. And I think it's right. Technically sound. There's a couple of dents that need to be honest about here too. During the early phase, I had a ton of friction as to whether or not I was a product guy building a service company. Was our messaging right? You know, was I fighting through, like, was I still a product guy? Was I really solving a problem? Was I clear about my audience? So I was living in a lot of friction where I don't think I would have been a very good brand ambassador. And also, I don't think we were ready to add that level of exponential growth, you'll hear me avoid the word scale a lot. I tend to think people who talk about scale are people who are very early in their businesses and they want to grow up. People who are a little more growth oriented, who are a little longer, recognize that scale can be a dangerous exponential aspect to growth. Um, So it's funny who talks more about scale and who talks more about growth. Judgment-free, I tend to think some of that nomenclature identifies where you are in some of your cycle. But regardless of that, I think that if you are out there being a brand ambassador and your company could only take three leads before it has a real issue, you might want to really consider whether or not you're doing it a favor of the character and reputation of your brand and, and, and when you should time that. Overlay on top of that some of my own personal problems where I wasn't clear on our message. I might have been in the survival mode of starving and we weren't profitable and all that other junk mixed in there. So I don't know if there's a really honest, perfect answer to that, but I think we're doing it at the right time. Interesting. Your take on that compared to a lot of messages out there where personal brand is one of the first things that is pushed to create when first starting your company, it like you said, could be detrimental if you can't handle the rapid growth. If you don't have all of the systems in place, if you're not tracking the correct data, it can really just break your business down. Well, I think about some of our earlier clients who don't really know this version of us. Some of those clients, we uninvited to this team. Some of them matriculated out. Some of them uninvited us from the team. Right. And during that early phase, as we figure out process and system and structure and team and kind of narrowing in who we work with and all that good stuff. Well, you know, we were a growing business. We 
we hopefully didn't get too far ahead of our promises. But imagine pouring gas on the fire during that phase. Well, I think you trash your reputation. And then you have to undo a whole bunch of that. Now, I don't sit here arrogantly enough to believe that I don't have some haters. We got, we got those. But I think when we look honestly at the character and reputation of Foley in the industry, I think we have a pretty good one. And I think some of that is accepting that I have to be as a growth freak the chief revenue officer, mature with how we grow at a certain cadence relative to our ability to exponentially grow. Hmm. And that takes a, that takes some skill and some experience to know when the appropriate time to press that on button is. Well, I can tell you, you know, we have a new version of our self-serve platform coming out that we're massively excited about to come alongside businesses, give them their own scorecard, have the tool for themselves and not necessarily just rely on our full service so that they can make their own better data to make better decisions. Well, I, I launched our first self-serve vision of that for your back office very early in our business. And it was awful. I mean, awful. It basically didn't work. I got way ahead of our messaging. And like, I'm sitting with our development team. We're like weeks away from, I think September 20th or whatever that is. I know I try to be careful about making sure we evergreen our shows, but like there's a date, some certain year where we'll launch this self-serve platform. And we're super excited about taking our enterprise and giving a self-serve piece to it where people can buy and license our stuff. But the first version of that was so bad that I was just way ahead of it. And, and I thank the Lord that I didn't really try to go push that at a high level. And my team was mature enough to kind of pull that thing back after we spent like a half million dollars developing the wrong thing. It's part of growing up, right? If we had taken on 10 extra clients at that time, I think we, we would have hurt us way more than, you know, the idea of growing up a little more. Hmm. That's valuable. Knowing when to implement the product at the right time. Love it, Vinny. Or knowing oh, pull it back if you did it like some of it and, you know, uh, being okay with saying no to some cash flow short term because it might trash parts of your, your character or, you know, maybe you're putting the joy of the dollars in front of you about then the value to the customer. And so a lot of that was going on. I have to be very honest about that and accept those dents and I, it also was a great learning lesson with me and our team that they would show, they, they, they can see that they can stand for something and not just have Vinny be a bulldog to wanting something. And they can have an identity that's also massively important for our company. Incredible. Vinny, I want to ask you a series of quick fire questions yeah. to get to know you a little bit better, allow our audience to get to know you a little bit better. First one is what is one non-negotiable habit you implement every day? For me, it's 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 critical to get inside the word. It's the best business book. So for me, that's the Bible. It's non-negotiable. I spend time with, my faith is important to me. My faith is not necessarily important to you. So I'm not here to kind of evangelize, but that's so critical to my heart that it's a non-negotiable. Um, another non-negotiable is some personal time alone. Like literally quiet space where I can think I can have room. Um, I have some things that I would love to be non-negotiables, but they cycle in and out. Some of my my personal health, like maybe exercise or eating habits, I might yo-yo on some of those things. Um, but those first two are super critical to me. Besides the Bible, because you just mentioned that, what is one book you wish everyone in the world would read? I don't know. I uh, I have different ones. Um, you know, I, I think that 
right now I'm in a cycle of life where I don't think enough people are honest with the brutal reality of what they're in and have the hope and faith that it's going to work out. I think they have more of a, uh, an uh, optimistic viewer, which is tends to be an overestimated view of what's going on and they avoid the reality. So stuff like Victor Frankel's man's search for meaning or, you know, Admiral Stockdale's, you know, um, kind of like imposter stuff about, you know, being a prisoner and having the Stockdale paradox where you are inside your brutal reality. And I'm in that season of life, helping young men like recognize that. So it, something I've read over and over and over is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I'm also in the middle of probably, I don't know, fifth, sixth reread of Jim Collins' Good to Great, kind of that same stuff. But it's also the season of where I'm at. I, I, I could walk you through our library of things I like to read. I'm in this season where I, I'm rereading the things I like. I'm not necessarily looking for newer books to read. I am a voracious reader. Um, so, but I, 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 I'll tell you the best business book I've ever read and people don't take me up on the dare of it is get into the Bible for business purposes. Jesus's principles, whether you believe in other things about him was killer how to deal with people, how to actually handle people. It just holds true. It's a great book. And a lot of the principles we get from my book, Robert Cialdini's Persuasion, which I love that book, by the way, all those principles come from a core principle or two that, you know, we, we study every day. So it, to me, it, it permeates all the things I do. Um, but I, I really do encourage one thing bigger than a book. I encourage business owners to be in continual process of personal development. Because the more you continue to develop and mature, then everyone that's following you is going to build off of that. Uh, a house built on a firm foundation, you know, it will, won't fall. But a house divided on itself, it's going to fall. And most mom and pops, the leader is, has stopped developing. And that's a key indicator of why there has been a stagnation of the growth of their company. Oh, I love that. Man's search for meaning is on my nightstand as we speak. So love it. And, you know, he went through this brutal reality as a prisoner. And one of the things they discovered was this idea that people who would say, you know, by Christmas, I'm going to get out of here as a prisoner. When Christmas came and went, they didn't leave. They would give up hope. You know, that happens of the way people coach all through life, if you see optimism come out that way, you're going to place your hope in something you may or may not control. Well, Victor Frankl's advice would be, we don't place our hope in Christmas days. We place our hope in faith that I'm, I'm a prisoner, but someday I'm going to get out of here. And that type of recognition to your brutal reality as a business owner, as a dad, as a husband, um, will allow you to actually have the faith and hope to persevere through um, the trials that you're in, but you recognize you're really in one as opposed to trying to avoid the reality and trying to live for an optimistic Christmas day. Oh, I love it. Get on that book, guys. On what do you like to spend your time and money outside of business? Well, I've got four children, right? So, I mean, they're just a wonderful, continual whirlpool of sucking out all of our money. And so Deb and I are always paying for, I have one kid in college. I've got another one driving. So I feel like I'm a parking lot of cars at my house. I, so I'm paying for a lot of food because two of those men are boys who are men eating like a 
furnace. Uh, so I got a lot of money going out on kids. Love it. Not complaining, just being real about it. Um, I spent a lot of money on myself. And I mean, uh, so Deb and I travel. You know, I used to be a, a corporate and M&A lawyer doing work for business owners. And I'd see these men who were building up for a day, some certain in the future, their own Christmas day. And what happens is they might get there. And just before they might go on a trip or live for later, some illness for Mary and Ben would set in and they'd never go. So I came home one day and I said to Debbie, my wife, we're not living like that. We're enjoying it now. So we travel, we leave the kids behind, we go do things for our relationship. So I, I really spent a lot of uh, energy and time and money on, on personal experience over stuff. Um, maybe that shows up in the way I'm dressing that that's obvious, but I, I believe in experiences over stuff. Now I got to have stuff because wifey likes having a nice house and all those things. And I'm thankful for that. Although I married a simple farm girl who could live with the stuff she also enjoys having the nice apartment, right? So we have all the things with all the window dressings, but I tend to really go over the top on experiences and less on stuff. So you can easily talk me into going out to dinner and spending a couple hours getting into the depth of life. So I do that. And then also my own personal development. I'm in multiple masterminds. I travel into business experiences because the richness of everyone else's experiences and the uniqueness of them as a person. One is great for business development, but two, I just love kind of people and I, I'm intoxicated by the differences of them. So that growth is um, maybe that's the poor kid in me, but I love it. I'm addicted to it. So those are the three categories where I spend most of my money. Oh, awesome, Benny. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and just being you. I love it. Do you have any last words of advice for the people listening? It takes twice as long as you believe to do anything. If you think it's going to be 30 days, decide now it's going to be 60 so that you don't make 30 days your Christmas day, that you decide that you're a failure at that thing for development purposes. You're going to be an overnight success in 18 months. If you can lengthen out, and with great maturity, recognize things just take longer. You're going to give yourself some little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Keep pushing yourself. Push real hard. I push myself harder than any anybody else I push. But I've also learned to give room for my team to recognize that I go faster than anybody else. I have to accept that things take longer. And gosh, I would have loved to have known that when I was sooner. I might not have blown one of our eight-figure businesses had I known that. <sighs> so valuable. Vinny, for those who want to become a part of your world, possibly use your services and just learn more from you, where do they find you? How do they get involved? Yeah, I'm real accessible. You go to vinnyfisher.com. You can find me there. You can go to fullyaccountable.com. You can see we're real accessible there. Those are probably the two best ways. I'm very accessible on social media. I kind of live my life in a fishbowl. So you can find me, Vinny Fisher, and all of kind of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Well, not so much Instagram. Someone else manages that. But in our LinkedIn profile, I'm really very accessible on all that. Beautiful guys. I will link to Vinny all over the place in the show notes, reach out to him. He's a wealth of knowledge and so, so giving Vinny. Thank you so much again for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. So thanks. And one thing I want to do is, you know, um, we, we have gifts for your people. So, you know, one of the things 
we wanted to do is at fullyaccountable.com forward slash leverage. We want to offer gifts of a unique to your audience. And so um, that in the, in the notes of the show will be a way for people to be able to get free gifts that we've created for, for your people. We just love what you're doing. So we've got that for you as well. Ah, much appreciated guys. Go to that fullyaccountable.com forward slash LVRG and you'll get all those free gifts and become a part of Vinny's world. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, Vinny. Thanks, brother. Good. Thanks for having me. Cheers, everyone. Wait, don't go anywhere. I told you I had an awesome gift for you because we are at episode 25. I'm feeling generous. You already got a lot of valuable information. Vinny gave you away some free gifts, and I felt obligated to do the same. You're always hearing me talk about our membership at lvrg.it, but maybe you don't even know what the heck that is. Well, essentially what it is, is when you go to our website and you sign up for our membership, which is $47 a year, that's it, $47 a year, which is going to soon increase to $97 a year, you get access to a lot of deals and discounts. You've heard of them in our sponsorship shout outs. You've heard of them from our interviewees. We have a lot of cool discounts on tools, software, and courses in there for you guys on some things that you may already be using in your business, some things that you could really use in your business, but through us, you do not have to pay full marketed price. That's the cool thing that we've done for you is we've gone out and negotiated deals and discounts on these offers so that when you buy them through us, you don't have to pay the full price. So what am I giving you? I'm giving one of you guys a free membership where you can get access to all those things that I just talked about and you don't have to pay the $47 a year. However, for those of you who do not win the $47 a year, just know that a percentage of that membership fee goes to our partner nonprofit Feed a Billion where we are on a endless pursuit to feed a billion people and the way that we do that is through your generous purchase of our membership, which is a very low cost offer for you where you get access to some amazing stuff. So one of you guys, all you have to do to win this free membership is email me at Cameron at LVRG dot IT. That's Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N at LVRG dot IT. And just tell me what has been the most valuable thing that you've gotten from this show. Just write me a note saying, hey, Cam, this episode with this person, what you guys talked about here has really helped me in my business, or I really liked what you guys talked about. It's been a game changer for me, or I just love the show, particularly this episode. Just write me a note telling me uh, which episode you really enjoyed, and I will pick one of you guys and send you over a free membership um, and shout you out on next week's episode to announce the winner. That's all you have to do. Just, just email me and uh, tell me which episode you have enjoyed the most. All right, guys, until next week, enjoy your day. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it.